This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Bustin' Loose Baseball with Grant and Danny. Interviews, analytics, and analysis on everything baseball in the nation's capital. Episode 34 of Boston Loose Baseball. Welcome in, everybody. Grant, Danny, and Darius with you. Got to start with the news that was a big surprise this week, and it was really disappointing. Kate Cavalli being shut down, at least initially, the Nationals are saying for a couple of weeks with what is being deemed shoulder inflammation. He made one start. We talked about it. It was not a great start. It was disappointing. Struggled with his control and his command in the strike zone. And... Then he was throwing in a side session after the outing, and he felt a little discomfort. The Nats, using extreme caution, have decided to not let him pitch again for at least a couple of weeks. So I had tickets to the game as we're taping here today on Thursday afternoon against the A's because I thought Cavalli was going to pitch. Now I'm going to see Paolo Espino. But uh, this is really disappointing after just one big league start. It is. It's a bummer. Um, They're being cautious, and and rightly so. It's frustrating at times when you feel like, they're treating certain players with kid gloves, and you're kind of waiting and waiting and waiting. And I'm obviously talking about Cavalli here, where I wish they would have called him up a few weeks ago. Then we would have seen a few starts at the major league level before this inflammation ended up rearing its ugly head. But now that we're here, he, his shoulders barking. Right thing to do, shut him down. You know, uh, make sure he's he's good to go. You want to make sure that you're careful with your prize possession. And Mike Rizzo made a good point on the sports junkies on 106.7 The Fan that I always try to consider. This isn't a guy that has spent his entire life as solely a pitcher, right? That's coming up from Little League all the way on up. He hasn't been just a guy that's focused on it, building arm strength, um, getting the repetitions and, and extending innings year after year after year after year. He's pretty new to being exclusively a pitcher. He's a two-way guy in college and, you know, kind of more from part-time pitcher to this is what he does. So doesn't have kind of the built-up, um, resistance to things as yet. And, you know, so when the hiccups come, even though he's, you know, in his mid-20s, you still have to be careful, almost treat him like he is a, a teenager in terms of some of his only a pitcher type experience. So I understand that it's frustrating as all hell. There's no other way around that. I just want to see more. And that's what's doubly frustrating. I know I use that word a lot here uh, in, in my opening soliloquy that we didn't get to see him a month ago, right? Because this was this was going to happen to Kate Cavalli, whether he was at, in AAA, AA, single A, playing catch in his backyard, whatever, he might have inevitably had that shoulder soreness. I just wish I got more than one big league start of it. That's my own selfish desire and, and wish, but um, yeah, it, it, there's no other way around that it's really irritating, and it just seems like another hurdle, roadblock, 
landmine, whatever you want to call it, in this national season. He's kind of gone on record as saying he wants to pitch again this year. I think he'd like to have a better taste in his mouth going into the offseason in the big leagues than that debut where he struggled and just couldn't grip the ball and, and really had problems. But the team is not going to prioritize or care that much, frankly, about how he goes into the offseason or or if it's a positive or, or a negative start he's coming off of. And what they really have to prioritize and care the most about now is making sure that Cade Cavalli is 100% healthy start of spring training next year and beyond, right, to make sure that he doesn't ultimately have this issue lead to something else, which leads to something else, which then keeps you out for an extended period of time. Anytime you hear about a pitcher, and particularly a power arm, who is dealing with some type of inflammation or soreness, if it's shoulder, which his is, if it's elbow, if it's forearm, they're all connected. They're all part of the, the throwing mechanism, so to speak. I am nervous. You know, I'm worried. We've had some Nats guests on the show, and they've told us, hey, this is a minor thing. This is preliminary. This is you know just them being cautious. It's nothing to see here, essentially. I don't really play that game. I, I hope that's the case, and, yep. and I will work back from uh, the idea that this could lead to something bigger and worse, and you just have to prepare for whatever comes. But, yes, I, I am kind of preparing for the worst and expecting the best, I guess. Maybe he pitches a couple weeks from now and he makes two starts or something somehow at the major league level before the season's over and he throws five innings two times. That would be awesome. But there's also a really good chance we don't see him again until the offseason and and hopefully he's ready to go in spring training. But it was just disappointing because you're coming off of this outing the whole point, I think, after his first start, I texted someone with the Nationals. I said, what'd you think? And they said, yeah, disappointing. And they gave all their thoughts, which are similar to the things you and I broke down. But then they said, it's it's behind him. Like, the, the most important thing was that it was over. And now I can't wait to see when he's more comfortable and hopefully has uh, his stuff, you know, next start, what he looks like. And we're robbed of that. So that that's the, the tough part, I I'm think. I'm just bummed about it. But I- imagine what it's like for him. Yeah. You know, you've waited your whole life for that chance. It didn't go how you wanted you internalize that night that it's okay because you'll get another opportunity in five days, and now you might have to wait months and months and months to get that taste out of your mouth. Well, but I mean, it's again, I, I can only imagine how frustrating it is for him. I mean, you hear those stories of, you know, the guys. It, it's, it's Kevin Costner esque in Bull Durham. You get called up for twenty eight days, and that's the only time you get to hang out in the major leagues and you hit white balls for batting practice. Then it's back on the farm, and you're you know catching nuclelouche. You know, I mean, it's those kinds of stories. Are, are are a million fold. You know, the romanticism of baseball um, therein, but he's different. This was supposed to be the beginning. This was supposed to be the the, the blossoming, right? This was supposed to be, we'll, we'll go through the adversity, the ups and downs, but all of us who are just, I, I don't know, I don't want to over-dramatize it, Grant, but we're looking for reasons to hope here. Uh, this group is 42 games under 500. They're, they're getting sandblasted most nights. We're just begging, pleading, hoping for a reason to be excited about something that hasn't even happened yet, you know, years in the future potentially, and and potentially that's not even a word. Potentially, we're looking at a, we're just looking for glimpses. I saw a little glimpse in Kate Cavalli's bad start the other day. I know the numbers weren't any good, and I've, we've talked about that ad nauseum. We broke it down, um, I, I think, pretty well. But I saw the thing. I saw that hammer curveball that guys couldn't hit. The one that started belly button high that you know almost bounced. 
nasty. I saw that riding fastball. I saw weak contact. I saw uh, a changeup that was supposed to be his fourth pitch that looked pretty damn good to me uh, a couple times over. I saw the thing. I just wanted to see more. I, I I got that little tiny appetizer. It's that you go to Wegmans, you go to Whole Foods. You want a sample? Yeah, sure. I got the taste, and then I couldn't find it in the store. I want it. So as a fan, as somebody that follows this thing, and and you and I are going from lily pad to lily pad, going from you know Mackenzie Gore picked up a baseball and played some long tosses. Is that good? Is that what we can hang our hat on? C.J. Abrams is playing every day. Who we'll talk about in a minute. That's something good. We're we're, we're looking for things. In, in sort of this funhouse mirror style as they're getting, you know, boat raced most nights. Again, as I said, 42 games under 500 as of this recording, where we're trying to find a reason to give a damn, trying to find a reason to be excited. And that's taken from us. There's no other way to say that that sucks. The other part of this, I think, that matters too with Cavalli is it's part of a bigger trend this year where if you take out, you know, the guys that came over in the Soto deal, your Robert Hassels, Elijah Greens, James Woods, you know, the draft picked Green, and then the guys that were acquired in that trade. They're top prospects now. Before the deadline trade of Soto and Bell and this year's draft, Cavalli, House, and Henry were the top prospects in the system. Brady House was shut down months ago and is not going to play again this year with a back injury. Cole Henry just came on our podcast now a couple of weeks ago to tell everyone he was having thoracic outlet syndrome surgery. And he had his procedure five days ago. So if you're listening and, and you got some time, send him a tweet and wish him well and tell him you hope he's feeling all right. He just had a rib taken out. And that's a really serious procedure yeah. for a pitcher, and his recovery is just getting started now. I checked in on him the other day, and he said he couldn't laugh or, or sneeze. He's like, I'm trying really hard not to sneeze right now because it's really painful. But... My point is, the top three prospects in the system at the start of this year, Cavalli gets to the big leagues, makes one start, has this shoulder problem. Brady House, back issue, shut down after a couple of months. And then Cole Henry, thoracic outlet. You couldn't ask for a worse go of it here. Now, luckily, they've added James Wood, who we talked about last podcast, I saw in Fredericksburg, and looks like one of the better prospects in A-ball in the sport. Elijah Green just played at the FCL level in rookie ball in the, the complex league and put up some interesting power and in, in offensive numbers to go along with all of the strikeouts that'll come with his swing. Robert Hassel's in double A. They're uh, you know, lefty bat who came over in the Soto deal and the, the, the Padres sent them the twenty one year old who's gonna be in the big leagues next year. So you, you've added to this system, and this is why you have to add, because you just don't know who's going to get hurt, who's not going to make it, who's never going to develop into what you think they're going to even from the can't-miss group. So I guess that's also just something that I would throw out there is it's not Cavalli with the shoulder in a vacuum. It's Cavalli, it's, it's House, it's Henry. Yeah. In the same week you're finding out De La Rosa's got something with his hand, he may not play again, and the minor league season's almost over, but just seems to be a lot of that going yeah, around. Didn't even mention Strasburg threw one time and is back I was on the just shelf. Thinking about their prospects. No, but, I know, yeah, but we it, could do it at the big league level. No, too. you're right, it, and, and that's kind of that's where I was going. Is it? It's everything. It you and I before the season. I, I think maybe me more than more than you, and I'm admitting how wrong I was here. I go well if you squint, if you kind of look at it in a certain way, if Patrick Corbin has a bit of a renaissance and figure something out, and Steven Strasburg comes back. Now, this again, before the season, before we knew we, we were going to wait three months with no updates on Strasburg, then he throws once, of course, and, and may never throw again. We'll see. But I go, well, you could see this group 
maybe being frisky enough where you could add something at the deadline and maybe they could be technically in the graphic, in the hunt for a wild card spot. Right? I, I said I don't predict that. I think this is a, a losing enough group. I think they know that, but you could maybe see it. Oh my God. Worst record in baseball. Here we are. Everything that could possibly have gone good or bad went bad. Right? What has worked out better than than they thought, than they anticipated? Right? Nothing, I, I would argue. Now that we're, you know, after the deadline and we're now we're making trades and starting anew, there there hasn't been a single thing where you go, hey, this Nelson Cruz thing really worked out, or this Cesar Hernandez thing has been awesome, right? You know, the guy still has no home runs, which is just unfathomable. You know what I mean? Just all all the different moves that they made where it's a, hey, this is a nice shrewd thing that I liked. I liked these signings. I was in favor of Nelson Cruz. I said, what a smart thing. You're going to, you're going to have him hit, you know, 15, 16 home runs, spin him to a contender, get another prospect for it. Brilliant. It it all worked terribly. Everything that they touched this year wilted. It was the opposite, the anti-Midas touch. So you're right. As you compound, you compound some of these things, we're, we're, again, I, I come back to the same thing, and I apologize for repeating myself, but as you're getting your, your teeth kicked in, as, as you're getting your brains beat in, you're, and you're watching you know, Bob and Franny every night, you're listening to the radio broadcast, Charlie and Dave, and you're tuning in to us, and, and you're reading the Washington Post or you know, the Times or whoever, you're going, I want something to believe in. I want something to hope for. I want something to, to, to be excited about, even while the losing is happening, because I know the losing is happening. I made that bargain, and we've been hitting the face a lot, and it hasn't been great. Anibal Sanchez got a win. Yeah. Pitched well. Let's give him a little bit of credit. This is not what I'm interested in, but they don't really have options right now either. You know, I wanted Cavalli in the show over him. Well, Cavalli's not available. I would love to see Jackson Tatro making starts. By the way, we didn't mention him. Yep. He got hurt. That's right. Evan Lee making starts. He got hurt. So here we are. It's Anibal Sanchez. And uh, in his last three outings now, 16 in the third innings, just six hits, which is Pretty stunning, actually. Six hits in 16 innings and only two runs given up. Uh, seven walks and 10 strikeouts. So he's pitching two contact, not missing a whole lot of bats, as you'd expect. But seven innings of one-run ball on Wednesday night. He, he wore his old number. Just casually changed numbers. Went back to 19 and looked like his old self. But a pretty cool start for him and a pretty cool three-start run here. Ronnie Ball Sanchez, so that was good to see. But when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I thought the big development for the Nats on Wednesday, maybe, was C.J. Abrams getting a little bit more comfortable, hopefully. He was hitting with the Padres a little bit. He wasn't lighting the world on fire, but he wasn't an automatic out, which is what he's been mostly here in Washington. But he was having big league caliber at bats. He is not a finished product, obviously, and he has a lot of work to do offensively. That goes without saying. But he's also not as bad, I don't think, offensively as he has shown here. Uh, at this point, this many games and at-bats into his career, I think it's reasonable to wonder how much power is he going to hit for? He's a little guy. Like, what is his offensive profile? But we would view him way differently and be more, way more positive about him offensively if he hadn't even played in the big leagues yet, like most 21-year-olds, and he was just hitting well at AAA like he had been earlier this year. But if you look back to Wednesday night, 
He drove a ball to the warning track, which was a good sign. I, I liked seeing that. He drew his first walk of the season, which is insane to think of, uh, with the Nationals. And he ran the bases and scored a run after doing that in a way that was expected and obvious. That's what he does. He's special. He's fast. All those things. And he doubled down the right field line later in the game as well. So there was enough there that that's kind of the starter kit of what you're looking for. And I hope he starts to string some of those together because you just want to see a little bit more offense, someone who looks like they belong, that they're not overmatched. Because by and large so far, I mean, he has mostly looked overmatched here in Washington. In San Diego, Danny, he had 125 at-bats. He was hitting about 230 with a 605 OPS. Bad offensive numbers, but not like, okay, we can't roster this guy. 14 games here, he's hitting 160 with a 388 OPS, which, if you qualified, would be some of the lower totals, obviously, in baseball. Very, very small sample. I'm not telling you I'm worried. My point is just you'd like to see some production sooner than not for a guy who's just 8 for 50 at the plate and the double and driving the ball and getting on base via walk and scoring. Like, you started to do some of that in a performance where he had two runs on Wednesday. I can't remember what day it was, Jeeves, but he had a line out the opposite way. Um, to, to left field. The left fielder never moved, can of corn, you know, almost like he threw it to him, right? And it was a beautiful swing, beautiful contact point. Everything about it is textbook. And it reminded me that this is a process. So I'm sort of, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to find the data that kind of supports my belief that he's going to turn a corner. And the biggest one I can find is his batting average on balls in play is a paltry 216. For someone that's that fast, that's just can't be. That won't be forever. That's going to regress. I mean, for example, Luis Garcia is in, uh, I think, close to 350 on his batting average and balls in play. And I'd argue that's going to regress, right? Stuff happens. His, you know, some of his contact rates, hard hit percentage, line drive percentage don't support a massive turnaround. So I'm not sitting here telling you that he's he's been robbed and he's actually a 300 hitter in hiding. He's not that yet. He's not a finished product, as you said. He should probably be, you know, maybe in double A, triple A, et, et cetera. But you know, there's no there's no reason to worry about it right now. I mean, this group, as I said, is out of contention. Let him get his feet wet up here. If it's not going to hurt him mentally, then let's keep going with it. But there's a lot to like here in terms of the skill set. We always talk about this. What's the best version of somebody, right? Not just what the league is right now, because everyone's trying to be cookie cutter. Drop and drive, hit as many home runs as possible, get on plane, fly ball revolution. That's what we want. That's what we are. And that's how you know teams are built. Well, that's probably not his game. Ultimately, right? His game is to is to is to use that unbelievable speed to to wreak havoc on people, and he should be you know knob to the ball, ball in play as often as humanly possible. And I think that's ultimately where he's going to settle in. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're looking for one for one ball, one spot that's in your happy zone. Sure, drop and drive, hit a homer, ten to fifteen homers. I think is ultimately where I think he'll settle in as his, as his best. But I, I'm always kind of curious. As to maybe what they see, what they think, et cetera, as he gets older and gets a little bit stronger. If he could be a wiry Lindor type that that hits homers, or if he's more, you know, pure speed uh and and you know, and contact. But right now, things will equalize a little bit. He'll start to turn a corner. I think the line drive percentage will start to go up. That hard hit percentage really to me is the is the one I've kind of got circled. Once you start to creep into the thirties, I think now we've got a better chance to to sort of really be a an everyday major league hitter. He's down in the low twenties. He was close to thirty percent with San Diego. And I think that's what was happening, as you touched on early on. Struggled, typical, normal twenty one year old kid. As he got a little more comfortable, started to put bat the ball a little bit better in, in in a pretty good lineup. I do think it's coming. It may not be as soon as we want, but 
to me, there's too much to like here to, to say anything other than that guy's going to be a pretty good hitter, I think. Yeah, his average exit velocity, 85 miles per hour, doesn't jump out at you, but his max EV does, uh, 110. You know, that, not Is that everyone, right? Wow. And yeah. not everyone can hit a ball 110, especially, you know, guys who weigh 185 pounds. I was going to say, yeah. So that that's good to know. I mean, that's one of those things when I saw that that I felt good about. That's 58th percentile in terms of maximum exit velocity, above average. In baseball, you mentioned the speed. He's 93rd percentile in that category. Of his 20, uh, 37 hits this year, I am looking at a spray chart here where I would tell you that just based on what I'm seeing, 19 of his hits have been infield dirt or in, which is not to say he has 19 infield hits because everything's kind of statistically ruled in different ways. But the spray chart of... You know, obviously left-handed batter pushing some bunts or slapping rollers down the the toward third base in the infield. Nine, about half of his hits have basically, when you look at a spray chart, they show up on the dirt or closer to home plate. Mm-hmm. So that that just speaks to he's going to be a speed guy. Uh, of his couple of home runs, one is basically straight down the line and left, and another is pull side with power to right in, in a power alley. Yeah, but. I think it's it's going to be a, a slap and run kind of profile. Um, look, he is, he is hit in AAA. I mean, you, you just can't tell me that a guy who handles the bat the way he did in AAA doesn't have the ability to hit at the major league level. Uh, at the minor leagues, and it just he just hasn't done it much. Again, he's 21 years old. We're talking about a guy who, when he was called up, was the, the youngest player in the big leagues. When I see what he did against 3A pitching, it gives me some legit hope that, that he's going to have a chance to, to help, uh, that, that he's going to be an offensive option soon uh, in terms of guys that can contribute. He hit 310 with an 840 OPS. He had seven homers in 38 games. I mean, this is not you know, Victor Robles right. or something like that. The, the tools are there, and, and it looks like he'll be able to hit in his career in the minor leagues. I want to pull up some of the numbers because he's actually been you know, 393 in a 34-game sample, 296 in a 42-game sample, and 310 in a, in a AAA sample. So you're talking about a guy who is well over a 300 hitter professionally below the big league level. Now, small s- sample sizes, I get that. It's been bad at the big league level. But while I am you know, somewhat nervous about power, I think if he's a plus defensive player at shortstop with great speed to steal bases and he can hit and make enough contact, because that's really the key, right? Yes. If he makes enough contact, his batting average, to your point on Babbitt, is going to be good enough because he's going to get on base plenty. Uh, the, the one issue I have is he draws no walks. Right. I mean, look, quite literally, he drew his first walk just the other day. Some of that can be bad luck because you 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 things going against you, right? You stand in the batter's box when you're struggling and you start 0-2, it feels like. Oh, yeah. In every at-bat. But I look at, like, the minor leagues, or even let's just look at, you know, before he got here. In 46 games in San Diego, he'd walked four times. And that's in the span of well over 100 at-bats. It's five walks and 175 ABs. I mean, that's a f- closing in on a third of a season, basically. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he's been a two percent walk guy. I mean, it's not okay. You want to be a top of the order hitter? That's that's got to change. I, I mean, you know, listen. I, he walked I, more in the minors, but not a ton. He walked eleven times in uh, about one hundred sixty-five plate appearances as an eighteen-year-old. 
15 times in double A in like 180 plate appearances. And then this year at AAA, 171 at-bats. So about the exact same amount in AAA as the big leagues. He had twice as many walks, but we're still 10 yeah, I, I compared think two, to five. Two things here. One, I, I think strike zone command and development will come. I think he'll be better in that category. But he's never. I don't think he's ever going to be good, right? Like a, 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 They're walking. Yeah, a, a, pl- a plus bases on balls, count working type guy. For a couple of reasons. One, it's just maybe not who he is. But two, I, I do think there's something to this where – Let's say Pete Alonso's stepping up to the plate, right? You have to be careful with Pete Alonso. If you throw a ball in a place that he can hammer it over the fence, he will. That dude was born to hit home runs. Same with Aaron Judge. Same with same with a bunch of big guys, right? So that would lead to an increase in walks because guys are going to pitch you more carefully, pitch you more fine, et cetera. If they're not scared of you jumping yard, if they're not scared of extra base hits, guys will come in the zone to you, and there's a bargain that gets made there, right? We're like, we, we we will take our chances that 75% of the time I throw this strike, it's not going to result in you being on first base. Right now, it's 80% of the time because he's hitting close to 200. That's, that's it. A pitcher will take that every single time and twice on Sunday. If I throw this dude a strike, the, the only damage that might be done is he's standing on first base. Whatever. I'll, take, I'll, I'll get a double play ball with the next guy. That's something in, in this day and age. I, I'm not saying it's it's easy for pitchers, but it's easier if you don't have to bull your neck and pitch a guy super carefully because he could, you know, put you down two, three, nothing with, with one swing of the bat. I always think that's going to be a part of it. He may be a guy that has to hit his way on. He can be somebody that, when in doubt, you get jammed and put it in the five point five hole base hit. You, you know, you're early and you and you, you know, uh, sort of roll over a, a ground ball that can be a tough play. I'm just saying, like ball in play for him is a win because he's that fast. I wouldn't say it for someone that runs like I do, but someone that runs as fast as he does. Putting pressure on defense, I think, is the name of the game.